I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit in front of microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is episode 128. Ain't it great? It's 128. Oh, I like this. Do you be a bingo caller? Why don't we do this all the time? <laughs> Just go with rhymes. Go with rhymes for every episode? Yeah. Okay, well, nine, nine will be easy. Is six, it though? Six will be hard. <laughs> six will be hard. Suck our dicks. It's episode one thirty six. Wow. And welcome to the Start show. Hot. I really hope all this extra attention I'm getting in my professional life leads people to this episode. Yeah. This one specifically. Yeah. Yep. What's up, y'all? Um, welcome. If you have not been here before and so far you're like, this sounds like I might be interested. I wonder if they have anything else. Do we ever Boy do we so much because like I said before episode 128 so obviously there are more episodes before that duh so where could you go to find those episodes soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod give us a follow on there you get a notice every time a new episode goes live or subscribe on your audio provider of choice anyone you like anyone you like we'll be there google play apple podcast stitcher basically however you get it we are there and when you do when you hit subscribe just like that oh yeah so many. Riding a unicorn pegasus on the rainbow of friendship. It's your man's. Shanti Frosted is the third. Yep. He's working on a, a new PhD. A new PhD? Yep. What is he pursuing now? Um, uh, modern literature. Modern literature? Yep. It's interesting. He's been a romanticist for so long. I didn't think, uh, I didn't think modern literature would. He's taking a new interest in modern literature. What a wealth of interest. I mean, elves are if not immortal, close to it. So, I mean, he's got a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would do if I had a lot of time. Did all he thought, said, all he had, <laughs> said all he thought he had to say yep. about the romantics. <laughs> it's been a long time. Read his essay on Songs of Innocence. It's really captivating. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. So, uh, if you would like to talk to us about how silly we are, or want to know more about Chauncey and his pursuits of modern lit- literature. Listen, we are willing to, like, flesh out the legend of Chauncey through social media. Absolutely. You just have to ask. 100%. Um, you can do that on any of our socials. Most of them are um, at GeekDownPod. If you Google GeekDownPod, Twitter primarily. Twitter primarily. Yeah. Um, but, of course, we also have a Gmail account, GeekDownPod at gmail.com. And, finally, the old mall of social media, mm. Facebook. www.facebook.com/geekdownpod. We we hang out there from time to time. Sometimes. Hit discount stuff. The only notifications I get on Facebook anymore are from Facebook saying, "You haven't been on Facebook in a long (laughs) time." (laughs) People who follow Geekdown Pod haven't heard from you in a while. I'm like, yeah, they ain't gonna hear from me till Tuesday. Yeah. So there. Had such grand ambitions of really making that a community for y'all, but. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes things just fall apart. It's 2018. This is 2018. 2018. Go to Twitter. What do you want from me? Go to Twitter. And. But not for too long. No, no. Oh, no. We'll make it crazy. It's like the <laughs> comment section, but worse. Way worse. Um, so, if you so far are enjoying yourself, you're like, okay, I've noted where I can listen to new episodes. I've noted down where I can yell at them if I don't like anything they've said. All very important information. Um, 
but you are wondering how I can support this wonderful endeavor known as the Geek Down Podcast. You can do that too. Um, GDP likes GDP. Um, you can go <laughs> uh, to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Uh, there's been nothing new up there for a couple weeks. Sorry, it's been hectic around here. Um, but we normally do include patron bonuses, previews, playlists of some hot jams for you to listen to, occasional bonus episodes. Uh, I believe uh, self-care snack day will be coming. Absolutely. It'll be coming soon. Yeah. For the patrons. Once we figure out if it'll be audio or video. Um, as well, if you're like subscription commitment too much don't like that i don't like any commitment got my netflix got my spotify got my Crunchyroll. i have too many monthly things listen you can just go to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod kofi 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 however you can go there and you can just give us in increments of three dollars as much money as you want as often as you want yeah and shout out to uh the one and only uh kira who we love and admire. Our favorite in the world, Australian slash global fan number one of the Geek Down podcast. Absolutely. Ms. Kira. I I almost say her last name all the time, but I never want to. Um, (laughs) Felt really bad that we didn't like Banana Fish and we watched it on her recommendation. So, (laughs) bought us some coffees (laughs) by way of Apologia, which was completely unnecessary. You fool, but we love you anyway. We love you anyway. So much. Um, Also, Kira is taking a trip. She is, allegedly. Um, to Scotland, Bonnie Old Scotland. And was wondering if there's anything I suggest, because I've just been there. Who, in her life, could she possibly get recommendations on where to mm. visit in Scotland? Yeah. Um, if you, you like, go, Katie Mack. If you like uh, castles, definitely Edinburgh <laughs> Castle. It's uh, grand and fancy, and you get to see some cool Scottish crown jewels, and some terrible, like, um, models of people being past kings they're just like really they're real like late 80s early 90s uh, so it's grand and fancy it's grand and fancy what if i would like grand but not fancy um then you could go down say the uh the royal mile they call it so mm-hmm. it's from you have to go all the way up there's lots of walking steep walking to get to the castle you don't have to go into the castle you could just start at the castle and walk your way down this uh royal mile you could take a little detour to where uh, J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter. Oh. Um, you won't be able to get in. It's called, like, the, the blue elephant or the pink elephant or something. Um, because it's always busy. Mm. But right next door is this amazing French pastry shop that no one's, like, really in. And is like, unbelievable desserts. Like, mind-blowing. Go there. And then go back onto the Royal Mile and just keep on going. And the reverse? That one fancy but not grand? Um, Small and fancy, and impressive but fancy. Go to that French pastry shop. Okay, that's what you're calling for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Edinburgh is just a really interesting city. There's lots of history there. Glasgow, there are all the museums. All the museums. There's like a modern art museum, which is fantastic. Uh, there is like a, a a bigger one a little ways away. Um, they have, I don't know if they still have the exhibit going on, but there's uh, an exhibit on one of the foremost Scottish sort of designers um, named McKay. Um, he does this, like, very well-known in Scotland and around the world uh, rose pattern that's sort of emblematic of, of his work. Um, 
and yeah, there's all kinds of, if you're interested in history, Glasgow and Edinburgh are fantastic. Um, if you're interested in sports, you can catch a Glasgow Rangers game. Yeah. So, and yeah, there's tons of stuff. Um, I always think looking up those like free guides to places gets you some really interesting tours and detours. Um, I really liked the Transportation Museum in, in uh, Scotland. All the museums, uh, like the rest of Britain in Scotland, are free. Free? Yep. They sometimes ask, they ask for donations, but it's not necessary. It's only if you can afford it. Um, so the Transportation Museum is all free. It's like the hundreds and hundreds of years of, of transportation history, and it was phenomenal. It's basically opened in the last think, five years, and it's, it is also grand and fancy. Not quite as fancy as the castle, but still. There you go. That's, yeah. that's that's your theme. That's your philosophy for your trip to your trip to Scotland, Kara. Yeah. Grand and fancy. Also, surprisingly, very good food in Glasgow. Really? Yeah. Come on, children, I'll feast on this tray. <laughs> and my friends well, at the meat council. Glasgow is surprisingly multicultural. Um, there's still a lot of white wool people, but uh, you know they've taken in a lot of cultures and um, they have some very good curry. There you go. There you go. Check out the curry offerings in Edinburgh. Also, oh no, Glasgow. Oh. And also all the snacks. All the British snacks. They have weird chip flavors, like prawn. Prawn, eh? Yeah. It's like, is it a good quality chip? Because we got, like, shrimp and prawn chips here, but they're, like, weird, like, styrofoam chips. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's the normal chip texture, mm. but they just have a lot of different flavors. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Kira, we hope you enjoy your trip and that you have all the snacks and that your trip is grand and fancy and I hope it doesn't rain every single day oh it's going to rain well, every single day welcome to Scotland don't pack your galoshes yep stand in the fog wearing Burberry looking mystical well, I guess I'm in fog people can't afford Burberry anymore so yeah. Like yeah um so that was the one item we had to get to from the from the peanut gallery the other one listeners we don't really think all weddings are terrible if we've been to your wedding, we had a good time. We actually had a great time. <laughs> I guess I'm like... We liked you enough to go to your wedding. <laughs> we, we, had had an ama- we had an amazing time, actually. Um, so, there is... I guess the, the thing is, is those weddings on, like, in shows I don't like. But those all weddings, the weddings, and, like, if I don't have a personal relationship, yeah. if I've gone as a date with someone, uh-huh. if it's not my friend, yeah. like... When I had something resembling a long-term relationship, I went to a bunch of weddings yeah. for her friends. I knew no one. It may surprise you to learn this about me, Caitlin. Yeah. Not the most sociable. Oh, no, no idea. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? What? What? So, not really a chatter. A lot of sitting. <laughs> not a, a dancer, are you? Of, a lot of uh, oh. Only the like the graph of yep. like willingness to dance the alcohol consumed. It's uh, like a very like right. Like I do love it. Yeah. And then when it follows my Instagram, it would be like Jordan dances all the time. Yes, he does. So I have to say, like every single wedding I've been doing, it hasn't been that many, but every single wedding except for one, and even that one, I had a great time, but it was cold. But at every other single one, I had an amazing time. So I like actually kind of love weddings, and I cry every time, and I think they're beautiful. Um, but I don't know. I guess I just went off, and I was like, stupid. You know what, I, know what it is? Is because... You know what it is? You know what it is? <laughs> you hold my drink. You know what it is? 
You, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Um, Where's Sarah? What? Sarah's already running off. Um, it is that I don't like that the like crazy commercialization of wedding has mm. made the prices of wedding go, go, weddings go up. Oh yes. Yeah, they used to be like you know you get like rent a hall for a good price and and now you have to have like a small investment to have a wedding. And I trust that y'all know if you have some destination wedding out in like the Hamptons or some shit. Yeah, we're not coming. Declines with regret. Yeah, we don't have any money. <laughs> um, I regret my wallet does not. <laughs> so yeah, it's been. Uh, it's. I'm glad we cleared that up. So basically, if we come to your wedding, we had an amazing time. Um, otherwise, <laughs> screw you. So just relax, everybody. <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah. Hi, Jordan. It's been a weird week. Has it? Yeah, well, you know all of it. Like, okay, yeah, it's been a weird week. Well, see, I know all of it, but at the same time, I've worked, like, more than 12 hours every <laughs> single day last week. That's why Caitlin's week has been weird. Yeah. I just got fucking sciatica now. Yeah, oh, my bag is killing me. <laughs> I think we both have sciatica. I'm just sitting here, I'm just like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, so insane. I gotta, I gotta work, like, oh, God. Five days the next two weeks, but, like, one of those is straight, like, Monday to Friday. Oh. Basically, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday, Friday. Then I get Saturday, Sunday off, so at least have a weekend, but then, brr, Monday to Friday. Yeah. And currently, September 9th, we're recording this, and in my life, my concern, it's holiday inbound. Uh Uh-huh. It's already time. Yeah. So, fun side story. Hmm. Uh, just to, in that, that I, we hope you guys appreciate, like, we trust you with these money talks. My parents wouldn't trust me with money talks, but I trust you guys to know this stuff about me and not mock me. So, both Jordan and I are pretty poor. Oh, so poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I sometimes use the word destitute, and people are like, oh, that's silly. And I'm like, no, 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 but it, it's, it's real close. Um, so, my, I got into a little bit, we, we, my family, my my husband and I got into a, a senior correspondent and I got into a slight bit of trouble in the summer, uh, just job financially. losses financially, and our housemates were very, very kind and offered to, see, we split the rent, so they offered to cover the rent for July, oh. because they knew we were going on vacation in July, mm-hmm. and it was going to be very difficult, but we would cover it later in the year. And they said, Elite said, can we cover it in October? And they were like, of course. And they were so, so kind of them to offer. We, we didn't even have to ask. And uh, awesome people. So uh, October's coming. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. How? So, so full rent and then holidays. And I'm like, so what parts of my body can I sell and still live? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I feel that kind of that kind of panic. And and I mean I'm bearing the lead here every time I hit a drop. I'm reminded of it uh, as I was setting up today, friends. Oh no! Let's deal, let's deal with this. Um, forgive it in your ears, but I mean we, we use you know, mic stands, with mm-hmm. the microphones. Yeah. They are, um, they're not like boom stands. No. Like they're not like. They're not professional. They're not clamped somewhere yeah. and like adjustable. It's basically just you know like a like a stand that sits on the table, but it has a. Fairly heavy, weighted, like maybe four pound or so. Yeah. Metal plate. Yeah, if you right. did like, you could do some weight lifting. But... You could. Um, 
that twists on to the actual stand. And as I was setting up today, I opened the iPad and laid it flat, and I started um, grabbed the mic stand and the bass, started twisting, and I know what did it. And this is ultimately, I was like multitasking. Yeah. I was twisting it, and then I went to tap something on the iPad to like close it, and the bass was not flush with the stand, so it didn't thread. Yeah. So it slipped out of my hand and landed on the iPad. Delightful shattered area around the home button and a spiderweb crack from corner to corner. So, yeah, it's really sad. Guess who's making an appointment at the Genius Bar for this week? Guess who's going to be a little broke? And guess who's going to be like, hey, professional developments? Because, friends, I have professional developments. He does. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's a real roller coaster this week because <laughs> I had um, basically an offer for something um, that would it's weird and I hear podcasts all the time where people are like oh I got a lot going on but I can't talk about it yet yeah now I'm in that position like I can't really talk about it yet but um, did you just double gasp me? I double gasp you every time you gasp <laughs> <laughs> to understand that um, and now I'm in one of those positions where I can't I can't talk about it but it's um, exciting it's very exciting and it will provide not even a large financial windfall for mm-hmm. most people, but for me. Oh, yeah. And for Caitlin. Yeah. And let's be honest, probably for most of you, I don't think anybody would turn down the money being no. offered for this. No. Like, it's a sum that made me go, this isn't just for me. Also, bearing in mind, I'm blue collar. I'm a blue collar guy with trust issues. So, yeah. like. <laughs> uh, they, I think it's funnier the more I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I get the email basically saying, hey, this company wants to do this thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like I have an agent or anything. It's tied tied to the thing I did once. Um, And, like, this company wants to do something, blah, 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 you know, and they'll pay you for your time. I'm like, all right, I'm thinking it's going to be a couple couple hundred bucks. That's what what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. When you write, that's the the block of, that's the wedge of the pie you usually Mm -hmm. play in. Um, Like, I don't even know if, like, I'm trying to figure out if, like, sales from the translation of my book are going to actually give me any money or if I just got, like, a cut from the no. from the rights when they sold the rights. Probably got some money. Yeah, you should. Uh, <laughs> you need a financial advisor. My God. Oh, my God. Like, 20 years ago, I needed a financial advisor. Um, but I say, yeah, sure. You know, that sounds great. I like a couple hundred bucks. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, check out this deck. This will have more information on it. Deck. That's what professionals use. It's a PowerPoint. Oh. Um, Check out the deck. There's more information there, and I get through, and I'm looking at all the information. And the information says, you know, we'll pay. We're prepared to pay you a blank sum for your time and time and work. That basically require one day of my time yeah. to do this thing. Maybe like another hour on the phone. Um, and I think to myself, well, no, that can't just be for me. Because what if you want to do? 10 of these things. Yeah. You're going to pay 10 times that amount for this? That's ridiculous. But we're dealing with an actual, like... Company. Company. This is a company that you use in your life. Yeah. Every day, most of you. Um, So, this is like latte money for them. It's like the latte budget. I wish I had a latte budget. It's better than a cocaine budget. (laughs) It is. But when you, like, encounter, like, real money, like, where, like, the money they're proposing to throw at me is just like, yeah, sure, yeah, fine, whatever. What, what, what? 
That's what we need. We need a gasp for, from you. Yeah, Jordan gasp. <laughs> I'm trying to get one of those isolated. Um, but it then now becomes what to do with this windfall. Mm-hmm. Um, because the day after, this kind of got like sussed out. Yeah. I got another email from. I think I can't mention this a little bit. It's not confirmed, but um, I was proposed to me. It's not confirmed, but some colleagues like we're trying to get this thing together that would, uh, if it's accepted, it's like a conference type thing. Yeah. And would you come? And that's in like Seattle. Yeah. In April. Okay. <laughs> but like, I don't think that's going to give. That, that's like a fun thing to do. Slash networking opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to try to figure out a way to do it. But if I get this money, okay, that's going to go to that. I really like this money to show up now because I apparently have an iPad to... To replace. To replace, or at least, you know, screen replace. But the other thing, speaking of blue collar, get ready. who likes to hear me get berated by Caitlin? Um, I do! Because it's coming. Me! It's coming shortly. It's already happened twice today. It's a level of money that makes going to Japan a much more tangible and likely scenario. Yes. But when that much money is proposed to fall into my hands at one time, the blue collar in me says, well, you should pay down some debt. You should still, you know, you were already planning on, like, you know, using royalties and, you know, actual vacation pay you earn through work, and, you know, a three, you know, if you had a three-pay month check, take some of that, put it aside, you know, don't blow this whole sum on a trip to Japan. That's irresponsible. And when I say things like that, this is what happens. Jordan? Yes, Kate? Um, you know that blue collar part of yourself? Uh-huh. Can you tell it to shut the fuck up? Just once? Just for a little? I try all the time. Just time it? Why should I tell him to shut the fuck up, Caitlin? Because as much as I think being fiscally responsible is of utmost importance, and I just was talking before about how you need a financial planner, you will never regret going to Japan. You will not come back from Japan and be like, aw, shucks, I should have put it towards my, you know, my bill on my credit card. You were going to go like, oh my god, thank god I got the chance to go to Japan. Thank god this sort of like happened so that I had a chance to go to Japan. Something that I could only kind of dream of and maybe cobble together, but it probably wouldn't work. And I'd get all sad and depressed and be like, I'll never get to go to Japan. If only someone would give me a certain amount of money that would make it more feasible for me to go to Japan. Oh look, someone has. You're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, right now, I'm trying to split the difference. I'm trying to see when... First of all, blue collar also means we believe nothing until it is in my hand. And yeah. even then, we don't believe it until it's in my account. That's just smart. Because I, <laughs> I could take that check down to the bank and they'd be like, this is written on the back of a candy wrapper. Why did you think <laughs> this is not a legal tender. Why did, you, why did you think this would work? Um, and even then, it's going to be like me calling up the credit card company and being like, hey, I got a lot of cash I didn't expect to have. Yeah. I'm not averse to giving you most of it, but how much is that going to improve my life day to day? And we're always going to have debt. If my payment is going to go down 
substantially. Yeah. And then I can essentially basically make it up mm-hmm. by not, you know, having to pay that. Yeah. You know, my credit card payment goes down X amount of dollars, and then I get to keep that. Yeah. So I make up the windfall of what I spent. Okay, then you can have some. If you're like, it's going to go down 50 bucks, I'm going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to be paying this forever. I'm going to die before you get out of this <laughs> And then it doesn't matter. And then it doesn't matter because I got no kids and no wife, so fuck you, MasterCard. So, yes, there will be. There, there are concerns, but I mean, I've now gone to actually, like, looking up. I spent part of my Saturday night uh, throwing Japanese record shops into <laughs> Google Maps and seeing how relatively close to each other they were. Um, HMV Record Shop Shibuya, around the block from Face Records. There you go. Danger Town. I got um, about three grand from just for travel and accommodations. So, you're an idiot. A. Yeah, okay. Uh, B. <laughs> oh God, she had more. If you, if you, I don't want to bring up death with you because I know you got this crazy phobia that you're not going to wake up. It is September, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time of the year. <laughs> Start talking to me about. But death. like, you know, if you die or get sick in a year. You're not, you're going to be like, damn, I should have gone to Japan when I had the chance. <laughs> you're like, man, I'm so happy I paid down some credit card debt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so excited I paid down that debt. There you go. See? You're stupid. Stop being stupid. Stop being stupid. And tell him on, on any of our socials. <laughs> tell Jordan to I, stop being stupid. I really don't think they need much encouragement to tell me. <laughs> they just needed a reason to tell me to not be stupid. <sighs> Good times. So is there news? Do you have anything? Or are you just working? Yeah. No, I've got some news. All right. Um, in news of uh, people, for once, not being stupid. Um, <laughs> Please give me that, because the only thing I could think of off the top of my head was a random tweet I came across from fucking Ethan Van Shiver claiming he bought a case of Rose Tico figures and he was going to, like, destroy them on YouTube. Yeah. But he couldn't because they were, like, metal and he didn't have, like, something sharp enough to cut them. And That's I'm just like, thing. don't you have fucking frog comics to draw, you piece of shit? Like... <laughs> Did you have the great, the great, you know, the great American frog comic to be drawn? Also, please do buy all those dolls, because that just means they'll make more. Yeah, it's like people burning their Nikes. You're really showing Lucasfilm by buying all those dolls. Oh, yeah. Um, you got your money, dipshit. So, I, I have a lot of issues these days with uh, several different news outlets, mm. and basically the Fifth Estate in general. Um, however, a thing that they are doing right, mm. telling us what's coming and going in September... On Netflix. Oh. This is a trend that I very much appreciate. Fucking second season of Good Place on there yet? So. Yes, it is. Is it? I looked it's, all fucking week and I didn't see okay, it. Okay, so it's it's coming. Right. There's some, like, highlights, but I definitely think you should check out the list. Because there's, like, some Netflix originals. Maniac was one that looks really interesting. I'll get this link from Ms. McKinnon and we'll put it on Facebook and Twitter. Um, there's all kinds of, like, like shows, like second season of shows. Um... The other thing that I've run across, both on Netflix and in just, like, the news in general, second season of Iron Fist. Yeah, apparently that's a thing that happened. Yeah. It's there now, today. Yeah. Um, No idea. And apparently, it's actually pretty freaking good. That's what they're saying. Charles over at io9, who writes most of the comic superhero-y type stuff, he was like, it's actually not bad. Um... What I think is interesting, so, uh, senior correspondent and I have just finished watching Luke Cage. All of Luke Cage. All of Luke Cage. So you got to the episode where Danny shows up? Yes. More palatable in that episode, wasn't Very it? much so. And would you not love a Power Man and Iron Fist show? I would. Yes! So we'll see how this, I think, 
I think Jordan and I discussed it. We're going to bypass the first season of Iron Fist. Oh, fuck yeah. And just start watching the second season of <laughs> Iron Fist. I don't have that kind of time in my life. No. Um, so we may have an update for you at some point. About... Yeah, we might check out some Iron We might actually check out some Iron Fist. Yeah. And if you, They have changed showrunners. I did see that. Right. And, and fight choreographers. Okay, I've got to say the... the yeah, the uh, patty cake, the Iron Man and uh, Luke Cage special move mm. was phenomenal. <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever. So um, that's sort of hanging around there in the ether. So you can either, we'll put the link up, but you can also probably just look up. Again, make sure you put in, if you're in Canada, what's coming to Netflix September Canada or what's coming to Canadian Netflix Be real September. Disappointed. Well, Black Panther's up there. I did see that. Yes, Black Panther. There's actually a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, though, be careful. Hmm. It is not the legend you want it to be. So they have they have Labyrinth up there. And then right under Labyrinth, because it's in the L's, hmm. they put Legend. It's not Tom Cruise Legend. It is not Tom Cruise Legend. It's some stupid movie with What's-His-Face, the British actor who's a bombster. He played... He was, What's his name from Batman? Tom Hardy. There we go. Okay. Sorry, can you do that again? <laughs> What's his name from Batman? He took him. He was in the Batman movie. Oh, voice. <laughs> um, anyways. He was Mad Max, fool. You should have said Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Be careful. Be careful. I was very disappointed. I was so excited for it to be Tom Cruise Legend. But it was not. Also, so because of Jordan... And some other influences. Um, my algorithms mm. online are completely messed up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they think I'm a French-Canadian person who is really into crime dramas. Sometimes they think I am a black woman really interested in hair videos. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they think I am an Asian woman who really is into Asian pop. Yeah. So, come came up on my video, and probably Jordan can comment on this, um, it may be the brink of Asian pop groups taking over. Uh-oh. Um, BTS Uh-oh. has released a new song called Idol, mm-hmm. featuring Nicki Minaj. Oh, I think Gina sent me this, yeah. Um, this is an interesting <laughs> you like change. It? I, I didn't think it was great. It but... wasn't amazing, but it was, you know, I had fun listening to it. Mm. Um, I was more just surprised about this Mashup. Mm. Um, I didn't think Nicki Minaj would be palatable to an idol audience, um, and I am interested in the fact that there's like this, you know, huge American superstar with this idol group. Check's a check. A check is a check, but the fact that it is shown up on like American Canadian algorithms, mm. I think, is more important. Yeah, well, and BTS is like one of the biggest. Um, they are the biggest group right now. Yeah. But do you think this is, like, going to start, you know, upping their presence? For, they've had uh, a bit of a presence. I think they were at, like, the Billboard Awards. Like, they've they've been on Fallon. Like, they've had a few blips here and there. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't followed it closely. But I definitely think, uh, you know, boy groups are going to break before girl groups will. Yeah. That's too my chagrin and disappointment. Um, but then it just like it just opens doors and like busts them down and is like yeah Asian groups. Well, it's funny. I was reading. I was reading this article. Um, <laughs> everybody loves my music journalist uh, hot dates. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I go real deep on on, <laughs> on throwing flames at uh, at music journalists I don't like. 
Um, not don't like, but I mean, who do questionable things. It's a guy named David Turner. He used to write for MTV. And at one point, he wrote an article. And this is the most, like, washed old hip-hop head, like, <laughs> like fuck the youth I've ever, I've ever been in my life. Yep. He hadn't heard of, like, the anniversary of Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul. Yeah. And he never heard it. Okay. Yeah, because he's, like, you know, 24 or something. Right. Um, so he wrote a piece for MTV about listening to Three Feet High and Rising for the, same, for the first time. And I will say... Very, you know, Three Feet High and Rising is like one of those very important records mm-hmm. that I don't know holds up right. today. Yeah. Um, definitely everything Dale did after that mm. is far better. Um, but this article he wrote was just so self satisfied and like he was like so disinterested in the record. He was like writing about a bagel he was eating. Like, oh, it was, That's like, not it was like it's your real attempt at writing Frank, Frank Sinatra has a cold. Like, you, you are not, <laughs> you are not that dude. Yeah. So, stop. Um, and I think ultimately, not that he took an L on it, but like some, I remember at the time, I like retweeted something, I pissily retweeted something he had put about it, and then when I was checking my feed later, like, the, he deleted the tweet, not from anything I did, but I think right. he was just, he got tired of taking months from people, so he just kind of disappeared it a little bit. Um, but he wrote this piece that I came across recently that was basically talking about that, like, American pop, like, there's no money in streaming, there's no money in touring, so like, they're pop stars are selling fandom now. Like, right. that's what they're selling. Yeah. And I'm just, like, reading it, I'm like, I tweeted the article with, like, yeah, anybody who's even remotely looked at Asia is like, yes, and? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just what it's been. Yeah. Um, and it's been going on for a long time. I mean, this is how they still move merchandise in Korea. Like, I fuck CDs, but you think I wouldn't buy a copy of Eclipse by EXID because it comes in this gorgeous, like, hardcover slipcase with like a bound photo book and like autograph cards and like yeah like they go ham with that shit mm-hmm. so so does this mean there will be an influx of groups from east asia coming on to american charts and streaming numbers i don't know maybe i mean it's all the long tail at this point right like everybody just makes their own filter bubble i'm it's like the amount of stuff you can find on spotify now yeah. is alarming to me I just, I think that, like, 12-year-olds need something right now. <laughs> and I think, we've talked a lot about this, uh, Asian pop is happy. It's happy, yes. and it's bouncy, and it's uh, warm, and I don't, I haven't seen a lot of that from, like, coming out of the Americas. It's a lot of, like, sad, dark stuff. Like, yeah, listen, if you, re- if you really wanted to go into, like, Western pop versus Asian pop, and, like, what they're selling, mm-hmm. or what, like, the mode is, like... Listen, I'm gonna pick fucking BTS over Lil Xan every day, every day of the week. Yeah. Like, no face tattoos and in, <laughs> in K-pop, no face. Oh, maybe some of them do. It's because they're edgy. That's a whole nother conversation where it's like I can't take. Like, I saw a clip of like Korean reggae. It was like yeah. Korean dudes in dreads, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> you're like, there's like, a lot to unpack here. I don't know if I've got the time. If I look at this and just kind of think it's like you wonder if part of when you're okay with some stuff it's, if it's you're just like having like a like oh look at the bear ride the unicycle thing like right look at them doing stuff <laughs> they're not real people like you know you have, yeah. to, you have to unpack all that for yourself it's a much larger conversation than we can have here today one thing I did want to talk to you about mm-hmm. um, was the bait and switch from this week that you had oh where Brie Larson hopped on Twitter and said hey Entertainment Weekly I want to break the internet tomorrow you want to break the internet and they're like yeah come back here at noon Let's break the internet. I told Caitlin, I'm like, 
you've been talking, you've been you've been raging forever. You ain't got no Captain Marvel news. Yeah. No footage, no nothing. Yeah. Maybe, so keep an eye out. You might be getting it. Yeah. And Jordan made a joke about like, oh my oh, god. What a, wouldn't it be hilarious if it was just a, an article in a magazine? Wouldn't that just be hilarious, Caitlin? It was just some photos in an article. <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin got real sassy with me. And then noon the next day rolled around. <laughs> it was just a cover story for Entertainment Weekly. I will fucking destroy the planet unless I get Caitlin. some kind of inkling of a trailer. Caitlin was. Is not amused. No. She looked good though, right? Like, she looks great. Yeah, the photos I, look good. I'm a little bit concerned because they're hyping this movie like crazy. Uh, you know, set up to fail? I do not want it to set up to fail. I'm really hoping it looks great. I think it's going to be a fucking awesome time. I'm really hoping they've uh, gotten better at that de-aging technology <laughs> that they like to keep on throwing around. There was one photo of Sam in there. That looked... Yeah, he looks great, but that was a still photo. Yeah. It's in the movement that there's the problem. Um, so we'll see. I want it to be good. I want it to be... I'll love it no matter what. Yeah. But I want it to do well. I want... Because I don't want people pointing at... I mean, they'll always find something. They'll always point at something. you like... See, it's not as good as you think it is. But I, I want it to break box office records and be awesome. And I mean, listen, this is going to be ultimately your connecting tissue between the two Infinity War movies. So, I yes. mean, it's going to make more money than God. So, I think you'll be okay. I just, um, everybody looks great. She looks fantastic. Um, I love that she looks strong in the suit and not, like, super sexy voluptuous. You know Power Girl? She always has, like, <laughs> crazy boobs hanging out. Yeah. Um, they haven't done that, right? She looks like... It looks like a flight suit. But here's the thing, though. Yeah. And this is the most, like, dude nerd I'm going to get about it. Yeah. Um, not that I want boobs hanging out or anything. Like, Power Girl had her boobs hanging out, but she was also, like, thick with three seats, right? Like, yeah. there was the muscularity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not quite as ripped as I would like out of Carol. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the suit probably hides a lot. It's pretty thick. We'll see. We'll see how she looks in her... Um, the way Carol was drawn in the comics, yes. she's beefier, right? Like, yes. It depends on which comics. Again, it, that's hard. Some of them she is, some of them she isn't. Cartoons, some of them she is, some of them she isn't. Um, Even like Frank Cho, as much of a piece of garbage as a human he is, like when he would draw Ms. Marvel, back when she was still in like the Unitard and the thigh eyes and mm-hmm. shit, she was still thick yeah. with seed, right? Like the fucking ripped thigh muscles and biceps and shit. Like, what was he? We'll we see. will see. Anyway, the movie's going to be fun. It's never going to be perfect. Nope. Uh, no matter how much we want it to be. Um, I'm just, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I hope lots of other people do. And give me a goddamn trailer. I swear to hell. We'll fight you. Give her fight a, all of you. Give her a heckin' trailer. Um, do you have any updates or anything of that sort? I do. Oh, excellent. Um, besides Luke Cage. Yes. Uh, which I said we had finished. I did not like the ending of, by the way. I was very... Felt no, very weird like about the ending. The ending was a rip. spoilers for Luke Cage. It's been out for months. If you haven't yeah. watched it yet, also you know how we feel about spoilers. Also, we know how we feel about people who feel certain ways about spoilers. So yeah, Matt, Matt, who's still like behind. Matt, I haven't watched Luke Cage yet. Matt, I can't, this I can't is not listen. our problem. <laughs> how is this our problem, Matt? Matt, you think you're gonna? Stupid Matt's partner is with child, so I don't know where stupid Matt thinks he's going to have time to be watching Luke Cage yeah. in the future. Like, you just have to abandon that shit. Just, probably. like, just brace for impact and take it. Just take it, Matt. Take it. Just take it. Fucking stupid. 
Um, That's not nice. You're not stupid, but you kind of like, this is dumb. Yes. You just need to get over it. Um, this, the end of Luke Cage, he basically is a riff of a Daredevil story from the comics mm-hmm. that Brian Bendis had done called The Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Right. Which was basically, I think it was like, he, it was a moment where like, <laughs> the kingpin was blind at one point. So, I, I will let people know who don't know, and we will remind some people who should know, um, I don't know as much comic lore as I would like. Yes. There's a little, so much out there. I know, like, bits and pieces, and a lot of it I got from cartoons. Straight up. At the very end, I was like, it looks really vaguely, he looks very, like, Kingpin. Mm. Like, the way I've seen King, Kingpin drawn or animated. Very, like, the way the suit was and the way he was just framed. So, continue. Um, either the story that came after it was called The Devil of Hell's Kitchen, or this was the story called The Devil of Hell's Kitchen, and it was basically, like, shit was popping off, and he thought the kingpin was gone, right. basically, because um, he was, like, he got blinded in something, and he was, like, kingpin was, like, what am I going to do? I'm blind. Like, I'm leaving. I'm going yeah. to fucking Europe or whatever. And then, in the true Daredevil fashion, a bunch of stuff started going south for him, and all this stuff was happening, and it came back to the kingpin again. And basically, Matt took... Um, it all had to do with him being outed, kind of. Right. Uh, the open secret was that Matt met Murdoch with Daredevil. Right. Both would deny it, and that's like everybody knew it. And nobody could really prove it mm-hmm. um, as well. And there was like a federal investigation. It was a huge, like, epic story that Bendis did with Daredevil in the early aughts. And when it all came back, that like the Kingpin was hugely responsible for this, Matt Murdoch, like, basically dragged him down to that bar that they would always go to and all the criminal element hangs out at beat the shit out of the kingpin or like he had already beat the shit out of the kingpin he drowned down this bar threw him on a pool table whipped his mask off and said if you need a kingpin so badly you're looking at him right like I'm your kingpin basically if these elements are going to operate I'm going to control them right in Hell's Kitchen which is kind of what the decision Luke Cage makes at the end for Harlem at the end of season two yeah which I thought was kind of was a bold move it, it wasn't I don't know I just he's such a honest, do-good person, Mm. and he always seems to do the right thing, and when he, at the end, says, tell Maria, or tell Mariah, or whatever, I I don't want the club. Like, that's what he says. He's like, I don't want it. And then, immediately, he's (laughs) he's been seduced by this idea. Um, Also, how are you gonna shot-for-shot do the end of Godfather 1? Yeah, I know. Um, as Misty gets carted out of the office. And also the way Mariah died. Mm. I, I didn't know how I felt about that. The way her daughter, that... They, I felt they could have done more with her. I feel like they could have made the daughter angrier and I would have bought what she had done. Mm. Um, but anyways, but other than that, I thought it was a good season. Good season. Yeah. Um... And I'm looking forward to next season. And you got something else there besides? Oh, I see something on your paper. Tell me about that. Okay. Because it comes up on. I see ads for it all the time, Stop and I'm like, looking. I'm like Jim Halpert. I want to see you do other things. <laughs> so the other final thing on my paper as updates that Jordan looked at, which you're not supposed to do. Don't look at my page. If you brought your tiny notebook, I wouldn't be able to <laughs> for that giant notebook. <laughs> Jack Ryan. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't think I don't know if I talked about it. I think I'm I must never have. come up on the show before. Oh, okay, so unfortunately, I was hit with the scourge of scourge of Hamilton and other large cities. I got bed bugs. 
Um, and we actually apparently didn't have like a real infestation. It was like a mini infestation. They came, they sprayed. It took a while. Our housemates weren't here. Anyways, it finally got done. But I've been so busy working crazy hours at work. I haven't had time to move back into my house. Mm-hmm. We have been lucky enough to be staying with my in-laws, who yes. are fantastic. They watch certain things at night. And from time to time, I, I would be home early enough or they'd be up late enough that something would be on. And I think it must have been last Monday night. When we had a, a Labor Day weekend mm. that just happened. They were watching Jack, or they were going to watch Jack Ryan. Or they'd been looking things up and, and senior correspondent and his father had really wanted to see The Hunt for Red October. Oh. They couldn't find it. It wasn't on Amazon. It was on Netflix. They couldn't find it. And then, but hey, but hey, but they became they wanted to see Hunt for Red October because of this new Jack Ryan mm. series. So I watched the first episode, and all I wanted to do for the rest of the week was watch more episodes of Jack Ryan. <sighs> Kill me, God! I couldn't until later this weekend when we did, and we got to like episode three. It was great. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so much fun! Zinsky, fuck. He is fantastic in it. Yeah. He plays kind of this... It's young Jack Ryan, right? Yes, like he's it's young Jack Ryan. He's, he, well, context, he's middle Jack Ryan, the lead character for so many novels by Tom Clancy, who yeah. some of you probably only know as, like, the name before Rainbow Six or things like that, but, yeah. like, longtime military thriller yes. writer from the 80s. Now deceased, but, like, you know... There's just so much, and so many people have played. Like Robert Ludlum in Born, right? He's got yeah. like his name lives forever. People continue to write books under his name, starring I think we're up to Jack Ryan Jr. now, but like yeah. been played by a bunch of people. Hunter Red October, Alec Baldwin played him. Ben Affleck played him in a couple things. Yeah, someone else, who else really well. Harrison known. Ford played him. Yep, which is something. The Harris, which is like the Jack Ryan in these ones. Like it's he's Krasinski's played him similarly to that he's one apparently. Young, young Harrison Ford. That's kind that's the of, he's going with. Yeah. Um, he's so an he, analyst, right? That's the thing from the trailer which he keeps saying. Yeah. He's not an agent. He doesn't go out and do action things. He's like However, analyst. he does have a past. He was a Marine. Um, he's got like a military background. He was in, he's a doctor of uh, economics. He was in, he was at Wall Street for a long time, left, became an analyst for the CIA, and has now, because of his amazing analytical skills, and analyzing of financial data has been roped in to basically becoming an agent for the CIA. Fuck the bunks in this too. Hefty husky husky black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's bunk from the lawyer. Oh, oh my, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, they are an amazing duo, by the way. Oh, don't tell Caitlin. What? I don't want this show to be good because I'm gonna watch it. It is, all. and it's fun, and it's interesting, and also scary at some points and thrilling and they do these little like kind of blips of side stories mm. that are pull at your heartstrings and make you think and are interesting and kind of show how things are interconnected um and yeah so it's been very interesting and i hope it stays good three episodes in it's it's very it's thrilling well i'm follow up on that maybe we'll make it an official topic in in coming coming episodes or maybe i'll just check it out because yeah it keeps keeps seeing Keep seeing ads for it that come up on my YouTube watching. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of YouTube watching this week, Kate. Uh-oh. YouTube watching of what? Uh, 
a lot of vine compilations again for some reason. Um, right? I keep on falling into these vine holes right before bed, too. Just so, they just make me so happy. They also make me so happy. I, You know what? Bring vine back. Let's start this hashtag. Somebody really needs to write like the... And people did at the time when vine uh, collapsed and just kind of like... Because there was so, like, for the youth and for, like, people of color, like, yeah. Vine was hugely important. Oh, yeah. And also, most of the people who, like, were successful on Vine, mm-hmm. shit, then they moved to Instagram where they got, like, 15 seconds, or, God, now they get, like, up to a minute. It's too much. They ain't built for that. Like, yeah. it was people who, like, you were uniquely built for six seconds. Yeah. And a lot of Vine shit was terrible, where it was just like, bitches be like. Yeah. <laughs> Bitches be like, what, Jordan? <laughs> Bitches be shopped. Um, or, like, the best Vine that sums up Vine in itself yeah. was <laughs> a guy. It's, like, a three-panel stick figure comic of, like, you know, what people do. And it's just somebody sleeping, but, like, you can see under the covers. Uh-huh. It's, like, what I do. And then it's three steps. And it's, like, kicking your legs up so the cover goes under your feet and yep. you like, burrito. And then it cuts to the guy with the glow of the monitor around his face going, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Vine in a nutshell. It's just people going like, you ever do this thing? And then you watch it and go like, I do that. <laughs> or my favorite one, which I've now decided every time Matt McGrath texts me for anything, yeah. is just the response he's going to get where it's like, shot from the back seat. And the guy goes, hey, Tyler, how are your chicken strips? And Tyler turns around and goes, fuck your chicken strips. <laughs> and then looks out the window and goes, fuck your chicken strips. <laughs> <laughs> so every time that texts me, he just gets funky chicken strips in, in reply. Yeah. Um, so this is, so both Jordan and I have this love of Vine because we're stupid. <laughs> Caitlin's love of Vine was very, <laughs> took me aback quite a bit when it, when it came out a few months ago. Um, so not just Vine compilations. I don't know why I decided to. Yeah. I just like deliberately looking up the gnarliest episodes of Iron Chef Japan that I can find. <laughs> oh, no. Because they're all fucking on YouTube. Listen, before I could really indulge my, you know, weeaboo-ness, all I had was, like, anime, the fact that an actual Japanese television show, like, Mm -hmm. when I was in high school slash university, was airing just, like, on the Food Network on Sunday nights, and you could, like, get that, this is what they watch. (laughs) (laughs) Here's this weird show that they're watching over there. Um, I can tell you in Britain, they're watching what she wrote. (laughs) There you go. Um... With the terrible dub, but they like didn't overdub the chairman out yeah. of like <laughs> out of like respect for him, because um, nobody could like match his deep baritone. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's like still alive, I'm really into. <laughs> wow, the giant eel episode where they're like nailing him to the cutting board. It's My like, God. Oh yeah, I just want to find the gnarliest ones I can. Um, what is wrong? I don't with know. <laughs> Octopus, squid, giant eel. Uh, giant lobster, these fucking lobsters that were, like, this big. Like, holding my hands two feet apart. I don't know why. And, like, I, I had gone through a stretch where I was watching Old Iron Chefs on... Because they're dubbed, right? And apparently nobody cares about copyright because they're all on YouTube. So, I I also do a lot of YouTube watching. Mm. Again, my algorithms are just messed. But on Netflix, I do this thing a lot where I'll maybe start to watch something and then I'll be like, eh... And it just, it's just not the right feeling at that time. And then I usually end up watching Friends of Cost. Because uh, there's like 70,000 of them. Um, but I want to, I don't know if you've heard about it. I want to con- try to continue watching Mr. Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine. Yeah. 
I'll, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll give you guys an update. But basically, it is it is it's a weird mix. It's a Netflix original, but they have it's set set in Korea, mm-hmm. but they start in the U.S. at like the in like the Civil War period. Okay. It, we'll come back to this, but because of just like looking things up and actors and stuff, I get all kinds of Asian stuff that I'm really curious about. But like, I just don't have time. How do you have time for this? Uh, I deliberately don't do other things I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shorten out the book. Like, I don't know, but let me tell you about the milk. <laughs> let me tell you about the milk-fed veal battle on Iron Chef Japan. Amazing. I also like looking up Asian commercials because they have the best ones. I don't do that enough. Some of them are very, very aside, like. Aside from the long, the saga of Long Long Man, that was the last time I ever. Amazing. Um, some of them are very like emotional. They are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, seriously, no good deal about it. It was a return engagement from the youngest lady chef oh. who beat Chen Kenichi. She was oh. the youngest challenger to ever win uh, to beat an Iron Chef, and it's five years later. And by her admission, she's maybe feeling herself a little bit. She was working at a big hotel. She got yeah. married to another staff member, and then she got divorced like a year later. Huh? You know how Japan feels about divorce. Yeah. And then she like opened a small French restaurant, and, like and just you know doing her own thing for a while. She just wanted she just wanted to come back. She wanted to challenge Chen again. She lost. It didn't matter. She realized how much she had to learn. <gasps> it's the most important lesson. I was like almost in tears. I don't know who you are, Kayako, but we... I looked her I looked her up, because I'm going to Japan, and I want to go to a restaurant. Uh. Yes, yes, that is the mentality you need to take. See, I didn't hit you again. Caitlin. Yep. There's a ramen museum. What? There's a ramen museum. That's amazing. Yeah, because apparently some Toronto ramen place has got, like, their, like, food hall looks like a night market. You need to get more, like, deals with a Z, and then also take me to Japan. <laughs> Because we need to go to that, to several Japanese museums. Hey, listen, I don't feel great about the idea of going by myself. I'm learning a number of useful uh, Japanese phrases. I gotta get that book where you can just point to things. Joel Don Fagas on this. What does that mean? It's just money. Oh, all right. Kanada Jin des. Toronto Shushin des. Oh, look at you. You do the Japanese thing. Oh, you're gonna have such a good time. <laughs> That's good. And just slowly crush the blue collar side of you. Just, like, crush it right <laughs> into the ground. Oh, man. You want blue collar in a nutshell? I think I even mentioned this on the show once. Blue collar in a nutshell is when my mom got her cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And I called my best friend, or my best friend and I were talking about it back yeah. home. And talking about what we knew and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the phrase he said was, well, you hate to be optimistic, but... <laughs> And he's, like a, he's like a way more optimistic guy than me, but that's just like so our environment. Just yeah. like, hey, like, you want to know how Trump got elected? Like, it's this mindset. Like, you know what our phrase for the show is? Oh, Ca- what was it? Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. What was the other one? Failing often, trying always. <laughs> Failing often, trying always. <sighs> I feel like I had another update, but I can't remember what it was. If I did, do you have anything else? Nope, that's everything. Well, there you go. We went an hour, and we haven't even gotten to the back half. I hope you're happy, everyone. All those people who were angry, they were cutting out chit-chat. They tried to tighten things up. And, and someone was like, I want to yell at Jordan on the internet for trying to tighten things up. Listen, bring it. Don't just tell Caitlin you want to yell at me. Yell at Jordan. You come at me. He deserves it. He's <laughs> stupid. Some stupid. Some stupid idiot. Speaking of ramen, this one might actually want something during the break, so... Gotta, gotta cook something for Katie, because she's peckish. Yeah, and also he wants to make sure that I'm 
eating, and so then I can't be belligerent towards him anymore. <laughs> just stop hitting me. <laughs> and come back and talk about the things we brought each other, which we'll do after this break. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the program. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I talk about the things we brought each other. Yes. What we do. That's what we do. We like different stuff. We do. So we bring each other stuff. stuff to check out. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Real different stuff this week. It's sort of like as far as you can put stuff away from each other. I don't know. Uh, we always think we've, <laughs> we've paired the two weirdest things in the world. And then we top ourselves. So here we are. Here we are. But we always have rules. Always. First one being the rule of three. If the thing runs in installments, episodes, issues. Epicycles. You gotta consume three of them. Like Caitlin did with Jack Ryan. Like I did, yeah. She could have wa- watched one. She wasn't about to, like, give you that starred recommendation. No. On one episode. No. She watched three. You gotta, you gotta get that thing to start to become the thing it's going to be. Let it be the thing it's gonna be. Yeah. Submit. Sometimes that takes more than one episode. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Rule number two. Hashtag suit for the pod. Don't talk about the thing. Jordan tried, and I shut him down. We were talking about parts you hadn't watched yet. I was like, no. <laughs> she yelled at Don't. me. Don't. She yelled at me, y'all. She's yeah, gonna, she yelled because at me a lot I think that our lovely audience needs to have the freshest of takes. None of these stale takes. These people writing stale takes about things they don't even know about. Fuck a stale take. Yeah, sure. Here. Our stuff is like ridiculously old, but we're gonna give you <laughs> so old. new takes on old things. Yeah, which brings us to the third part, which is not so much a rule as a policy. There are gonna be spoilers, so I mean, if you're uh, if you've been, so if you're ninety years late on seeing uh, the Thin Man, or like you've been frozen in ice for a long time. If you're if you are Steve Rogers <laughs> and you have just come out of the ice flow. You have so much content to consume, maybe you should skip this portion of the program. Yeah. Otherwise, welcome. Hang. So, we like to alternate, so I will go first with mm-hmm. the thing I brought Caitlin. Follow up on the thing I brought Caitlin last week. Yeah. Caitlin was like, bring me more old anime. Old like, ass anime. I'm like, you know what? I am going to give you more old ass anime. O-A-A. And I gave her one thing. <laughs> O-A-A. <laughs> All about the anagrams today. No, no, no. The... That thing. Acronyms. Acronyms. Acronyms are not the same thing. No, they are not. And as she was leaving last week, I was like, eh, you know what? You got this thing. She's still going to get that thing. But like a day later, I was just thinking about, man, what was the old anime I was watching? Yeah. What was that old anime? All that old anime I was watching. I can't say I looked up the other thing. So I was like, I didn't even remember. I was like, all right. It'll be a surprise for everybody when I give it to her for, I don't know, next week. Um, (laughs) It's funny because part of the reason I like pulled it mm-hmm. was there was like some weird stuff I didn't remember in it and I was right. like oh nah, no maybe not let me think of some other stuff and I thought of this one and I just remembered it and it was like this show is forgotten nobody knows about this fucking show right. like it is lost to the sands of time mm-hmm. but for some reason when it was like you just watched what you could get there was enough there when I was like you know just buying whatever VHS tapes I could find at Music World or I believe I got this at the uh, the sci-fi shop in Windsor, Ontario. Interesting. Just a little, like, catch-all yeah. sci-fi kind of store. It had, like, one like one of these 
very one small, small book. Billy bookcase. Small Billy bookcase. Filled with anime VHS. The the worst late 80s, early 90s yeah. dubs you could find. Um, they are terrible. And I watched this show, and I did not see all of this show mm-hmm. for like years. I had the first two episodes. That's all I had. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then I somehow, years later, they got the other two tapes. And right. um, they were probably like fucking $60 a pop or something. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, for some reason, when I was thinking of old anime, I came back to this show, because this show was very weird mm-hmm. um, for the time, and, you know, wasn't sci-fi, wasn't, um, wasn't like Sailor Moon, wasn't Magical Girl, didn't, wasn't really, like, it was my first taste of maybe, like, the slice of life type of show where nothing happens type yeah. of thing, which I already know was a strike against, because Caitlin hates yeah. shows where nothing happens. Yeah. All the shows where nothing happens. Um, let's get into what this is. So this is a show called Here is Greenwood. Mm-hmm. None of you have heard of this show. At all. No. I don't even know if you can, like, get... You can find, like, Spanish subtitles on YouTube, and it is on your pirate site of choice, but, I mean, it's not on a legal site anywhere. Um, the manga might... The manga did get licensed. It might still be around. Um, so here is Greenwood, or Cocoa Gudin Udo. The pronunciation coming. Yeah, that's for someone who doesn't pick Japanese, it sounds great. <laughs> it was a nine-volume uh, manga written and illustrated by Yuki Nasu, revolving around the activities of four boys in the Greenwood Dormitory at a fictional, prestigious Japanese all-boys private school named Ryokuto Academy. The manga was serialized in Hanatoyume, which means flowers and dreams, I believe. Lovely. From 1987 to 1991, published in English by Viz Media, it has been adapted, or was adapted, into a six-episode anime OVA from 1991 to 1993. Mm-hmm. So these six episodes trickled out over two, three years. Right. Probably about one, two-volume set every year. Right. Or two-episode tape every year. One of the reasons why this show is so weird is the way it kind of interacts with the manga that it's based on. Because while it starts with kind of like what you expect from anime, where it's like a recap of yeah. the first volume, it sets you up. Then it's kind of like the episodes that follow are canonical to the manga. Yes, that was very different. (laughs) And maybe I should have given Kate a tip about this early on, because I think I forgot to the extent that it does this. And to a certain extent, Kate Furrowed Brown, I mentioned this before we were recording, having watched, I watched, rewatched all six episodes, um, it reminds me a lot of Community. Which, now that, well, now that you've said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I can draw some comparisons for sure. Um, can we dive right into it, or did you want to talk more with the set? To, to that extent, I just want to say, uh, this also comes from Wikipedia, unlike most anime, the episodes appear to be ma- manga canon, as certain episodes refer directly, uh, through narration, giving the volume number, to events from the manga. Yes. Uh, the story of the manga is somewhat self-referential. Several asides show that the characters are fully aware that they exist in manga. The author herself appears frequently, usually with a capital N on her head, to explain away certain loose plot threads. For example, in a story featuring a baseball game taking place in late autumn, one of the characters asks why they weren't playing soccer. The Nasu character appears and explains that she didn't know the rules of soccer. (laughs) Your four main characters here are Kazuya Hasekawa, who is the protagonist. He shows up, and basically the overarching thread is he has moved into this dorm with these lunatics because... His first love married his brother. He doesn't want to live at home. Uh, his brother is also the school nurse, which he finds somewhat shameful. Yeah. Um, and he is our main character. Uh, Shun Kisaragi is his roommate, who 
question mark? Trans or just a no, well, boy we'll, who we'll, looks like a girl? We'll talk about that. Okay. And the two guys who live next door are Mitsuru Ikeda, who is the dormitory president, and Shinobu Tezuka, who is the student council president. Okay. And it's just kind of like the last two episodes uh, deal with him, his second love, which I mean, if you're looking for an overarching plot of the series, that's what it is, him getting over the first love and finding his second love. Right. The rest of them are just stupid one-and-done, like, romps. Mm-hmm. So, I guarantee you, there's probably a thing that Caitlin might be furious about, I'm kind of furious about, that I did not remember being in this. Right. And to the extent that I don't think the first dub I saw way back in the 90s included this to this extent. But okay. I'm trying to think of what it could if be. Caitlin, if Caitlin brings it up, I'll further elucidate, but for now, All right. go at it. Um, so, first episode is terrible. It just, I mean, it's the, it's an old dub, so everything is... Oh, you watched the dub? Yeah, you said you had a fondness for the dub. Oh, it's a, I think they redubbed it. I think it did get one more dub when it switched publishers. Right. So I think the dub I watched, when I checked it, was a different dub than the one I originally saw in the 90s. Well, the rest of it I watched sub. The dub is probably terrible, so sure. It, it, <laughs> it, I think it still would have been terrible, because the show is stupid. The thing is... I don't hate all Slice of Life's, but this wasn't a Slice of Life. This was like, first episode, normal. Second episode, what the hell is going on? So, one of the characters has a crazy sister who wants to humiliate him because she's insane. And she, like, steals someone's kid brother, and there's weirdness with that... Basically, child molestation. That was the thing I don't remember being in this episode that I think maybe even got cut or they took extreme liberties with the dub translation. Yeah. Because it's clear when she realizes it's Shun's brother. Yeah. Who also, like Shun, looks and is kind of being raised like a girl. Yeah. For reasons, as the script says. Right? And that's the other thing. There's like this huge... I thought this... So I kept on thinking the show was going to be about X, right? So initially I was like, so it's about this guy who his brother's married his first love and he's moving into this dorm. So it's going to be about X. It's going to be about that, right? And then with the introduction of this female character, female initially, because that's what you think, female character, I thought it was going to be about them having to hide this female roommate that he will eventually fall in love with. But that was the X. Mm. And then it kind of just went crazy. It turned out that the female character was not a female. It was just a boy who looked like a girl and and was raised like a girl. And is voiced by a woman. Yes. With a, but a low, grow, growly sort of voice. Not in the Japanese. Oh, okay. And not in the original dub I saw. Okay. The original dub was clearly, like, sounded like your voice, but higher. Like. Right. Oh, okay. Um, which is weird, is fine, but is weird because there's no explaining it or talking about it really. No, they literally say, like, they, the kid, the guys next door prank him initially. Yeah. Like, there's a betting pool on how long it's going to take, take him, him to, to figure, figure it out. out. Which is three days in the afternoon. <laughs> three days in the afternoon. Yeah. When he catches, when he catches Shin taking a leak in the urinal next yeah. door. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, oh, you have a penis. Like, it's, anyways, it's so weird. And, and when then, they explain this, yeah, it's literally, uh, for certain reasons. Yeah. Never explained again. Never explained and then so it's not about that. And then you find out his brother is a, is the nurse. 
at the school and people think he's gay and then you think there's like something involved there and that really doesn't ever come up <laughs> um and then the second episode is this episode about this this guy who has this sister who in the first like volume of the manga or volumes of the manga like the, the little narrator comes up and is like don't worry you didn't miss an episode yep. this happened earlier in the manga and you they have like flashbacks yes and you're like you really do think before this little character comes up you're like am i is this episode two is this supposed to be episode two and then when even after the at the end of the first episode they do like uh uh what's coming up in the next episode mm-hmm. I thought it was a joke I was like, oh, they must be doing something silly. This can't be the next episode. Oh, it was the next episode. And then there was weird stuff with the kid brother who also looks like a girl. And then some guy peeked at her in the shower, but didn't know it was a boy. It's the whole thing. 13 years old. Yeah, it's not. Okay. And then it, again, moves to Weirdville, where the next episode is about them making this movie to, to win a talent contest. School festival season. School yes. festival season. Talent contest so they can win money. Yes. They just want to report. Yeah. And then, I don't know if I missed it or something maybe uh, when, where I was watching it, like, I, something's wrong with the buffering, but did they win? Does it ever tell you? I don't think so. It never tells you. <laughs> they just showed the play. Like, yeah. and that's it. That it's like, it never goes back to this. It's never... And the poor red-headed kid, he's, uh, Kazuya is always being, like, picked on for some reason. And Okay, but did you watch the end of that episode? Yeah. Like I told you to watch past the credits? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's a whole subplot in that episode, and this is why I say it's, like, community. And, yeah. like, I remember watching it at the time, in, back in the 90s, and being like, holy fuck, like... See, I watched the past the end credits of the first and second episode, and then I was like, oh, maybe he said that about the last thing I was supposed to watch. Mm. Okay. Because the whole subplot is they need a princess. Yes. And that's how they lure Kazuya in to be part of this. Is that poor poor lovelorn Kazuya? They lure him into this as being like, listen, you're going to have to get married by the end of it. You're going to kiss a girl, man. Like, so just get involved. Because he's always like, oh, you want to take something to do with this. Mm -hmm. This is how they rope him into this. As they go along, they keep asking girls from neighboring schools that they'll be part of it I figured you would like the one where the girls were like yeah. checked out the dudes and were like oh you want to put us in an outfit like this <laughs> and it's yeah. like a gold bikini type thing and being like oh come save us it's like no not yeah. today Yeah. and by the end of it obviously Shun ends up dressing up like like the girl and yeah. that's who he ends up air quote marrying but Shun is not part of the movie No. He, he's got his own thing going on Yeah. and they walk in and they see this dress hanging this like white wedding style dress yeah, hanging yeah. from a, hanging from the curtain rod, and they're like, "What are you doing with that?" And he's like, "Well, it's for it's for you know the play I'm doing." Yeah. Um, after the credits, you see oh. Shun's play. Oh, see that for me. I think that fell before the credits. Oh, did it? Yeah. So you saw Shun's play. Oh, which was amazing. Yes. Shun's play was uh, a reenactment of the clock tower scene from Lupin the Third. Yes. <laughs> Castle of Cagliostro, down to when they are falling into the lake and he cradles her head they did the close-up shot of him cradling yeah his her head and looking up which is like a famous shot from lupin like i just i remember losing my mind watching that back in the 90s it's like you really you really did that yeah just for shits and giggles yeah um yeah i like the self-referentialism at times um i love i love some of what they tease him with 
like at the, in the end of the second episode. Yes. And it's, and they do this thing where they they start the episode with sort of what happens at the end, mm. and then they go into like how they got there. Dude's crazy sister has reports that she has drafted on all of them. Yeah. So, but the they basically are teasing with all this stuff in this report that you as an audience member don't know about, about like him falling in love with this other girl, even though she has a boyfriend. And you're like, where is this from? But he's getting, he's like, how do they know all this? Really? The guy's just making it up. Um, that kind of stuff is fun. But the last two episodes are about that plot. Uh, yeah, which is weird because we know about it before yeah. it actually happens. Yeah, like if you were to plot the chronology of this, I don't know. And that's yeah. that might just be the weird nature of like when they made OVAs based on manga because I don't think I realized at the time. And like I said, I maybe should have told you this earlier that like these are the crux of your narrative is the manga. Mm-hmm. These are like side stories. They're OVAs. They're meant to be taken like out of time yeah. sort of and it's just kind of like a fun bonus yeah but as a audience member you're sort of like what is going on and i think one of the things that frustrated me is i was i was getting to this at the beginning i don't mind slice of life but this wasn't slice of a slice of life obviously because it's all weird it, and it wasn't weird enough so not not enough of either for your taste no it was like in this weird middling ground it's kind of like that... Remember the show about the boobs and butts sport? Okay, Joe. It wasn't weird enough to make it work. Mm. It was just really creepy and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just not weird enough and not normal enough. It didn't really make much sense. It didn't... Yeah. And I mean, I didn't expect this one to go over well, but I just... As I started to rewatch it, just like some of the choices they made, like... The backgrounds are done really impressionistically. They're mm-hmm. not drawn, like, realistically. And just the mood and the feel of it, I just, for those, like, three hours, I just loved being back there. I mean, it's just the attachment I had from not having watched it since I was in my 20s. This yeah. weird artifact that, like, no one else... I'm not going to Enemy North and copping, you know, here, here's Greenwood swag. Like, you're not you're not finding it. Um, and even, like, in the last two episodes, which have to do with him. Because we're meeting this girl who has a boyfriend... Um, as she's recounting this run-in that she's had with some, uh, she basically shows up at the door and she wants to hide out, and it's like, well, what happened? As she's telling the story, whenever they have questions, like, you're seeing the flashback, but whenever they ask questions, it's like the screen pauses, right? and you, like, you have, like, VHS lines <laughs> through it type of thing. It's just little shit like that that yeah. nobody was really doing back then. That like That's why I say it reminds me of Community, because it was real meta at a time when anime especially was, like, Super not meta. Yeah. Um, just wasn't a thing wasn't a thing that was done. Um, but I know it's not. I, I was I was just indulging my own. <laughs> like, I just want an excuse to talk about this show. I don't right. think she's going to like it that much. But, right. but to that end, kick punch-wise, what are we giving this? Uh, I'll give it a six. Fair enough. It works as an anime. There are some things I could see being a crazy anime fan how, um, and maybe an anime historian, you might like to take a look at this. Um, it did some things well. There was that weird second episode, so be careful, because it's really weird. Yeah, and the discovery that he's a boy clearly comes from that classic, like, hand in silhouette making motions, where it's like, yeah. it's clearly obvious, she's feeling him up. She's groping him, <laughs> yeah. and that's really messed up, especially yes. since he's 13. a child. Um, especially. So, yes, it's a, a weird second episode. Third episode is fine. You could just skip second episode completely. It does nothing for the yeah, plot. Yeah, you could. Um, but, yeah, first and second episode were 
Uh, also, having read the wiki before I started the rewatch, yeah. um, realized that the artist from the third episode yeah. has a headband with an N on it. Yes, it's it the, does. The yeah, I, when you said that, I was like, hey, it's the manga artist. Yeah. But again, I, I, I didn't know that at the time when I watched it the first time, yeah. so I mean, type of show that should probably come with liner notes, but yeah. that is uh, on the high seas, so happy sales if you, if you decide happy you want. Sales. If you want. If you want to dig deep, if you want to get into that anime underground that you know most people are... Crunchyroll Expo is not going to be handing out awards to uh, yeah. Heroes Greenwood, but I will always love you, Rio Girl and Paul. Moving on. Moving on. So, I think this movie may have actually come up in other discussions we've had on the show, but I have never given Jordan this movie. It is one of my favorites. I don't know if it ever did, to be honest. It may have come, uh, may have come up with like some of the other... Um, like when we talk about the third man or some of the other old, I have a whole fandom about old classic movies. So this is going to take a little bit of an explanation. So bear with me. The Thin Man was a film released in 1934. It was originally a book by Dashiell Hammett, who is known for, um, the Maltese Falcon and Red Harvest, um, and is a comedy mystery film. Uh, and it's something called Precode. Yes, so, I had to look that up myself. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Precode is the named the Hayes Code, well, called the Hayes Code, but it is the Motion Picture Production Code. Um, at, essentially, it was adopted in 1930, but it wasn't really enforced until 1934. So this movie was made really right before they enforced it. The Hayes Code was all about can't no innuendo. Stop having fun. That's a good way to put it. Stop <laughs> having fun. No innuendo, uh, no heavy drinking, none of this, like, everyone's having a good time thing. We need to make things family-friendly and really bored. Um, so it just sort of, like, came under the radar. And it was a huge smash hit. The So Dashiell Hammett is, uh, he writes hard-boiled detective novels. He has been named many times as one of the finest mystery writers of all time. Him and Carver were kind of like neck and neck for that era. Right? Yeah, he was even Not called. Carver, he was even called the dean of hardboiled, uh, the hardboiled school of detective fiction. He was one of the first, and he's written some amazing stuff. When they were writing the screenplay for this, um, his uh, the Thin Man book was mm. just used as a template. The director, W. S. Van Dyke, also known as One Take Woody. Because uh, he always came in under budget. Um, and always took one take. Um, Look at fucking Karina Longworth over here. Welcome to your side pod. You, know, <laughs> you, must, you must remember this. Coming with the hot facts over here. Um, uh, it, the screenplay was uh, written. The, the director specifically, W.S. Van Dyke, specifically wanted the two screenplay writers who were a married couple, Albert uh, Hatchett and Francis uh, Goodrich, to um, use the book as a template, but write a lot of witty dialogue between the main couple of the film, which is Nick and Nora. Um, no. Nick and Nora... So Nick and Nora were in the book? Yes. Okay. Nick and Nora Charles. Nick and Nora Charles. Now, I've never read the book. I don't know how much of a part Nora plays mm. in the book. Um, but the witty dialogue, which makes the film was written by this married couple who did the screen screenplay. And I mean, I knew Nick and Nora as a thing, yeah. like, before I even saw any movies. Like. Um, 
So the film, because of its dialogue, the writing, the fast-paced action, um, you were going to say something. The patter. <laughs> the patter. Um, uh, there were five spinoffs, not spinoffs, but five um, uh, sequels to this film. People erroneously thought Nick was the Thin Man, right? So they called yes. Thin Man movies? Yes. Led to my difficulty in finding the one I was supposed to be watching. Uh-huh. Um, but the Thin Man really actually has to do with the character Nick is supposed to be finding. Yes. But, so that is sort of like the background of this movie. Um, the reason I bring this up is because unlike maybe a lot of movies that you're seeing in the later 30s and 40s, there is a freedom to this movie that you mm. don't get as much. It's not as wholesome. And there's much more of like a a peek at life and and fun and and you know possibly sex. Oh my! Yes. Um. So that's the background. Um. The plot of the movie is, and I'm gonna get to when I initially saw this movie. But the plot of the movie is basically Nick is a kind of a retired detective. Um, his wife, who he married five years before the movie starts, basically, um, is mad rich, yo. a wealthy, wealthy heiress, which he makes jokes to several times in the movie. Um, and they've moved out to California yes. um, to sort of start their life, but they've come back for Christmas in New York to see friends and stuff. Um, and he, they kind of threw association to this missing inventor, who is also very, very wealthy, Nick gets sort of pulled into detecting. Um, with, he knows in, the family. He knows the family, and he's encouraged by his wife, who wants to see him in action, and is getting very excited about this whole detective thing, um, and wants him to solve what's going on. So between that and his own interest, and people kind of being like, you're involved in this, right? You, <laughs> you, you are um, a detective on this, right? Um, gets pulled into discovering who the killer is. Now, I am known in both my friend circle and my senior correspondent, I am very good at solving mysteries within, like, the first five minutes of a film or TV show. I didn't know who it was. Mm. Um, You know, I always have suspicions about each of the characters, but I didn't know who it was, and when it got solved, I was excited because I had no idea. I mean, it could have been them, but I wasn't sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other plot details really we have to go through. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Um, it's sort of, it's it's an interesting story because um, you think someone is possibly doing something, but you have a hunch about things, you get all the clues, and it's one of those where you can try and work it out yourself. Um, besides all that, Jordan, what did you think of The Thin Man? I don't care about solving mysteries. Yeah? I just let it happen. And this movie goes right up to the edge of everything I hate about old-timey movies. Right. But doesn't go all the way over. You mean um, you don't mind them talking like this? Mm. <laughs> I'll give you a bop on the head. There's a bit of that, but... <laughs> there's a bit of that, pal, but not, it doesn't quite go up all the way to the absurdity that most old-timey movies do. Um, but... <laughs> slow down. The pattern, this is... So it's like Gilmore... Gilmore Girls level... <laughs> what was that? It's the one scene, I think it was when the cop brought some mobster yeah. in to see Nick. Yeah. Listen, buddy, I'm telling you, I never saw you. like, well, now, no, we saw you coming out of the apartment. What? 
hold on, I swear to God, I'm telling you the truth. Well, if he says he's telling you the truth, oh, someone's at the door. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so, go, go, go. All the time. Because you couldn't have your movies be very long. You didn't have that much film. <laughs> film was expensive. <laughs> um, and you wanted to keep people engaged. So instead of having, like, this idea about flow, you just made it like <laughs> this. The slowest scene in the movie is uh, a scene that was basically came up naturally, um, which is the one where Nick's using his BB gun. I was just going to say that was my shoot. that was my counterpoint where yeah. it's like so if it rides just the thing that keeps it from going over the edge of like ah yeah. is this scene on I assume Christmas morning <laughs> he's been gifted a BB gun by Nora and he's shooting balloons <laughs> off of the Christmas tree. To varying degrees of behind the back with yeah. his feet, until um, <laughs> eventually he just shoots out the window. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. um, who is the actor who plays him? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Nick is played by uh, William Powell. Not an actor I ever heard of. Nora is played by Myrna Loy. Myrna Loy, I had heard of. Couldn't tell you what the hell else she was known for being in, but so William Powell um, was actually thought maybe to be too straight laced to play this part. Oh, which really? Is a very <laughs> jokey, jovial, silly part, and Myrna Loy. Very, very drunk part. Uh, yeah, the very drunk part. And Myrna Loy um, was known. Well, she's be, she was typecast as like the vixen in all of these oh, really? um, movies in the 30s. So no. she was she was also thought maybe not to be able to do this, but the chemistry between them was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you really think they're a married couple. They appear very much in love while both <laughs> irritating each other in that way that the best married couples yeah. married couples do. She the const- face is my favorite. As she, constantly, French face. as she constantly wants to see what he's doing and she's yeah. trailing him and the cop as they're like, I don't know where they're going or they're going to go shake down some stoolie or something. And they call a cab and she's like, I'm, I'm coming with you. And Nick puts her in the cab, <laughs> shuts the door and goes, Grant's tomb. <laughs> Take her there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it didn't, there were still times where I was checking my phone. There were still times where I had to roll shit back and be, <laughs> be like, what was that? We're at a laboratory. We're digging a hole in the ground. What is happening? Also of note, uh, shouts to this movie for being what I assume is probably the, one of the first uh, moments of scene-stealing dog in a movie. Yes, Skippy. They have, they have a wire terrier. Skippy. Um, the dog's Skippy. name isn't Skippy. The dog's name is Skippy. No, no, yes. no, no. The dog's the name actual is, dog's name is Skippy. The actual, is he's a movie dog. Yes. He's known for being in several movies. I actually don't remember what the dog's name is, but yes. Aston or something? Aston, that's it. Yeah. yeah. But yes, the dog's uh, real name is Skippy. Like, down to the point where the movie closes with the dog doing the, like... <laughs> paw-over-nose look um, type of thing as they are making their way back to California. I'm trying to think, like, this is, this. it's kind of movie vegetables, like, history, right? Yeah. Like, watching history. Um, And should be said, this is available for what I assume is legal streaming. Archive.org has got it just sitting there with a bunch of these old pre-code movies just sitting there for your streaming. I mean, they stream really fast because it's not like it's coming in 1080p. Nope. Um, you want lines? You got lines. <laughs> but uh, also, the audio mix was surprisingly good mm-hmm. on this. Uh, so, shouts to archive.org. But yeah, it doesn't run, it doesn't go over the edge of like the things that keep me from watching more old timey movies. And if there's like five other movies that have these two playing these roles, yeah, it could be. It'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, I know for you, the dialogue is fast. And you are like, oh, fast dialogue. It wasn't, it was, I swear, like, only the scene 
there's that insane party on like Christmas Eve where everybody just keeps barging in. (laughs) That that moment, I like the framing of it where like the disappeared inventor's you know ex-wife comes in, daughter's already there, and Nick's like pat 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 pat, patter patter patter, and he's just trying to sweet talk everybody. Her into the bathroom, her into the bedroom, and keep the cops over here, keep the journalists from finding out that she's here, type of thing. Yeah. Good scene. Um, I like the construction of it, but yes, it's just it's, it's, everybody's yelling. <laughs> and that guy's trying to call his mom, and <laughs> he's crying. And it just seems very <laughs> real to me. <laughs> Shit like that, or like you know, calling the operator, or like, yeah, <laughs> phones like that. Uh, everybody's taking cabs everywhere because nobody has cars. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't overbearing. It wasn't... You said Gilmore Girls. It's not nearly as bad as, like, Gilmore Girls is. But what... I've got to say, so... So, I'm glad the speed wasn't, you know, unbearable. It, the the dialogue, though, was fantastic. It's that thing where, like, any old-timey movie is... As long as... I mean, for the time, this would be, like, ahead of its time. But, I mean... Mm-hmm. If the dialogue is palatable to me in the current day, it's when I'm taken aback by that that I'm, like, in... Yeah. The movie. Like I was taken aback by this. I was taken aback by Butch and Sundance when you gave me that way back when. It was like, it was like, oh, these jokes are actually funny. Yeah, they're funny forever. They're not just like mm-hmm. for the moment. The, the parade of nicknames that Nick gives people <laughs> as he goes along: sport, buddy, pal, <laughs> chief. Like he's got <laughs> the delightful nicknames he gives for for everybody. I think he called. I think he called Nora Skipper a lot. Like, <laughs> and. Per, Perpetually drinking. Oh, yes. <laughs> Always drinking. Always. Um, and the movie concludes, you know, the great reveal is constructed well, uh, well also, apparently, okay. according to Wikipedia, because other thing, we'll say, because I have to do a lot of times in these movies, I have to go to Wikipedia to find out what the hell just happened, <laughs> <laughs> find out what happened. Listen, Platinum Blonde was a popular look back then. And there, were, there were a lot of them in this movie. <laughs> it was like, what, the sec- what? Oh, it's the secretary who's dead? And that's who he yelled at at the start of the movie? <laughs> I thought he was yelling at his ex-wife. Who was the one skimming money? Uh, I think you're just bad with faces. Maybe. Just like me in anime. I'm like, mm-hmm. which one mm-hmm. is that one? Mm-hmm. White people all look the same. Um, the scene where Nick you know, lays it all out is his yeah. dinner party where he's invited basically everybody. And the killer's in the room! <gasps> um, you tell me. Which was the right gasp? I didn't do the gasp. I did what it was. Oh, I remind them. Um... And Nick just you know, breaks it all out. It's like, it's like, well, this is why this happened, and this is why that happened. And I mean, once it became <laughs> twist spoilers for a ninety-year-old movie, <laughs> when it became clear that the missing dude was dead, yes, I was like, oh, it's the Lord. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised that, that you didn't that you didn't get it. To be honest. I think because there there could have been so many. True. So many like it. Yeah, the lawyer came up. I was definitely like, oh, it could be the lawyer. He's, you know, um, pretending this and this and this. But if it's this person, they could have done that as well. Are they really going to twist it and make it, like, the son or the dog? Mm. Like, that's the whole point, right? It could definitely have been the lawyer, but he's not the only one. Also, I didn't know anybody was named Chris in the 30s. Yes. (laughs) But they called people Chris. Yeah. Christopher, maybe, but... Yeah. They, they were cash. They were cash sometimes. I don't know. When the, they got soups come. You saw some of those outfits. All those like fur frills and ruffles and silkiness. It's like when they're... I don't know. So the 
scientists, they're always separated. Nobody gets divorced, right? It's the 30s. Yeah. Um, so the wife of the scientist that left him because he was blanking the secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was with this guy, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> who, like, when he first comes up, he, like, rises from a chair that's got its back to the camera <laughs> type of thing. And you just the look on his face <laughs> as he turns around. It's like, ah, I'm getting out of here. Chris knew. <laughs> steps out in the elevator. Anyway, the point is, it is a fun experience for an old-timey movie, and mm-hmm. if you are not an old-timey movie person, which I am not, by my own admission, it's not what I generally do for fun, but if my friend comes along and says, watch this movie for our podcast, and I watch it, this one was pretty good. Oh. I'm going to give it a seven. <gasps> Fantastic. There you go. Listen, easy to find, 90 minutes, I knew, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, yes, I got a winner here. <laughs> 90 minutes, dialogue, that despite, <laughs> despite having that Nor'easter accent, you all, <laughs> you all lift, lift imitate, um, is not as terrible as a lot of the other, I guess, post-code mm-hmm. movies would have been. And because it's pre-code, yeah, let's, let's get drinking and shoot BB guns. and <laughs> Yeah, and just have, like, a grand old time. Some scandalous low-cut tops on Myrna, to- Myrna Loy. Yeah. Mmm! Mmm! Mm, Myrna! Myrna! <laughs> so that is out there for your enjoyment. Fantastic. Well, there you go. And that's gonna do it. That is gonna do it. Okay, we got anything to say to you people. No. As much as you want us to. Okay, we gotta get the hell out of here, because Lord knows how long our commute's gonna take, because it's the apocalypse in Toronto. Today. Yeah, it's tiff. So, and then they're also doing construction on the tracks. Toronto Air National Film Festival, which means everything is diverting from the downtown core. It's the films, you see? (laughs) And the tracks! Listen, Uh, sidebar. This is me, like, I I have have friends and friends of friends who like TIFF season. It's like, what are you doing for TIFF? We gotta go see all the movies at TIFF. And I was like, yo, I've lived here for ten years, I haven't done a thing. No, me neither. I've always avoided it. Haven't done a thing. I think when the Tribe documentary yeah. aired, mm-hmm. debuted one Saturday afternoon, I tried to get rush tickets, so that was the only time. My uncle did some music for a movie called Snow Walker, and I saw that. That was exciting, but I was like ten, I think. <laughs> it was a great movie. Like you might get, get it. All right. I mean, it was Canadian, so you won't be oh, able to find oh. it. It's actually really good for Canadian movie. Um, Four. Oh my god. Forgot all these weeks, and I haven't told you about my terrible movie going experience. Wasn't that buried at the end of the episode? Bonus for y'all that hung with us. Yeah. Um, Alpha. The movie it's, Alpha. It's Alpha. It was. It's about this like, uh, cave person who trains a wolf. Uh, it's <laughs> like the first dog. Okay. It was a, actually a really good concept. Terrible execution. Like, worst execution ever. You paid money to see this one? I know! It was really bad, and it was terrible. And then Chris apologized, because I wanted to go see Crazy Rich Asians again. And he was like, no, I really wanted to see Alpha. I think it's, like, a lady who, like, trains a wolf. It wasn't a lady. It was just a boy who looked like a lady. It was very weird. And it wasn't very good. And they spoke all this made-up language, and we were like, you could just have them speak English. We don't know what they were speaking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Colonizer. It, they're, no one knows what they, they're cavemen. My real language. Anyways, so yeah. Oh, shots to Alpha. 
Um, also, since we're doing this like little ending bit, <laughs> I, I just want to give a shout out to Jethan for finding me uh, Swiss chocolate that I can eat. Uh, I love you. Shouts to Groove Pack on Discogs for sending me three records from overseas that'll get here next week. I think that's it. We shout out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> shout out portion's over. <laughs> It's a new feature of the show. Oh my God, can't go home. I have to work tonight. <laughs> Friends, thank you so much for joining us. As you do every week, you can get us on all the socials at GeekDownPod. If it's a social, we're probably on it. Yeah. As well, email us, geekdownpod at gmail.com, or get at us on that crusty-ass, musty, smelling like a food court in an abandoned health club. Mall of social media known as Facebook. <laughs> At www.facebook.com forward slash Geek Down Pod. This is the joy of doing that is bluff your voice. Thank you so much for listening to the show. My name is Kate McKinnon. My name is Ron Ferguson. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will um, speak to you next week. Sure. Bye. Sarah. <laughs> you didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Skippity-wee. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. <clears throat>